Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlow and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of Bain Golf Talk. Henry and I are by ourselves today talking about Corn Ferry, the Live, Work, and Maine open cancellation, the PGA Tour reschedule and restart, as well as a little bit of a deep dive into golf course architecture and our composite 18, where we pick our favorite 18 holes from the state of Maine. So Henry, let's get right into it and talk about the Live, Work, and Maine Open. They just announced on Thursday that it's uh, it's canceled. So what what are your thoughts on it? Well, what what interests me is when I look at the new PGA Tour schedule, they're starting, uh, their first event back is the Charles Schwab uh, Challenge, and it's starting on June 11th, which was the same day that the Corn Ferry was supposed to have the live and work in Maine open at Falmouth. Seems a little odd that the Corn Ferry uh, needs to start later. I don't know if that's because of the location of the event. I believe the the Schwab challenge is down in um, in Texas, so it, it could be, uh, you know, another state-to-state situation, and maybe they just don't want to come northeast. Um, or there's something else we don't really know, but you know it's it's a shame that that event um, ultimately gets canceled. I think it was going to be great for the state of Maine and uh, certainly presented a lot of opportunities for um, you know for I mean looking at it on the calendar, I thought it was going to be the first event back. So even Austin mentioned it. Uh, Austin Treslow on our our podcast last week that, you know, you could have seen a lot of really, really good players uh, come up and play that event um, as the first event back. So it's unfortunate, but hopefully we'll be able to have it in 2021. Well, you know, what's really interesting is I'm looking on Twitter and, you know, back then, you know, Corn Ferry Tour announced it's delayed the resumption of play through June 7th, which would have been Corn Ferry Tour, but then at the same time canceled the event that would have been played then. So hopefully they can find an event that fills in for that event. Cause I mean, I feel bad for these corn fairy tour players, you know, they're losing out, you know, opportunities to, you know, make money and advance, you know, advance back onto the PGA tour. So I, I'm thinking something, something's a little fishy here. And I just hope that uh, those players can get back to playing pretty soon. Yeah, it seems like, and Austin mentioned this about playing on some of these other mini tours that actually are still competing at the at this current time. And um, I know there's some some tours out in uh, like the Outlaw Tour in Arizona, and then um, I forget the name of the tour that Austin's playing in down in uh, in Florida. But you know, they're still able to to compete, but it's not 
it's not to the same level as a corn ferry or PGA tour, obviously, and the money isn't, the purses aren't as, as high. So I'm sure that there's a lot of disappointed people and, and obviously there's a lot of disappointment in me and that, that the, uh, the main open isn't going to, isn't going to happen. So. Yeah. If you look at the, uh, the outlaw tour, uh, Alex Jacob won the event last week and won $4,800 for coming in first. You know, that's not a lot of money for, uh, for prize money. So we'll see what transpires, but you know, what we, we were thinking was corn Ferry tour was going to come up to Maine, play Falmouth. I mean, they were probably going to go without fans. I mean, that's what the PGA tour is going to do with their resumption of play. You know, it gives us hope. I mean, that's going to be the first sporting event back uh, as of right now. So I think everybody's excited about it. But again, there's questions like, how are they going to televise a PGA Tour event without these coronavirus concerns? So a couple things to look after, but, you know, I'm excited to see what, you know, what players come back so quick and play in the, uh, the first event. Yeah, I mean, I, and it's, obviously it's a stacked schedule. I'm just looking at some of the dates. <clears throat> you know, you got the Travelers, uh, June 22nd, the week of June 22nd. Um, you got the Memorial July 13th, the week of July 13th. And then just moving forward, the first major, uh, the PGA is the week of August 3rd. So, you know, they're getting right back into it and it's great to see. And I, I hope everything goes to plan and, and runs smoothly. I mean, it sounds like no fans right off the bat. I don't know if that'll change. Uh, certainly we don't really know how, Day, to day life is going to change after this is all done. So we'll just have to have to wait and see on that front. But um, yeah, schedule looks pretty good to me. And, you know, I'm interested to see how some of the top players, um, you know, which tournaments they prioritize. I think we talked about this with Tiger and, and uh, you know, what weeks he's going to take off. So, but hopefully uh, things go to plan and, you know, they'll get the, the Ryder Cup in and the, the FedEx Cup and three majors. So uh, all is not lost. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see which event Tiger plays first. You know, he's played the first five events, which is Colonial, RBC, Travelers, Rocket, John Deere. He's played those a combined three times and none of them since 1999. So will we see Tiger early at one of these events or will we see him first play at Memorial July 16th? I think that's a uh, that's a question I think everybody's wondering. Yeah, I think uh, on Instagram I saw TW Spot. He kind of follows Tiger, and he posted uh, a rough draft schedule, but it wasn't confirmed. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he actually played the Travelers. Um, I don't think he'll play RBC, and I don't I don't think he'll go down to the Charles Schwab. But the Travelers, in my mind, kind of stands out just because you, you see some bigger names going to that event. It's on an annual basis. It's been rated one of the best uh, events to go to. And, uh, you know, I, I know Jordan goes to that event. Rory goes to that event. Um, you know, a lot of the bigger names. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he adds the Travelers to his schedule just as kind of a warm-up going into the Memorial the month after. You know, maybe we can get uh, lucky and uh... – get tiger on the uh, the podcast i mean he's only a, you know a couple hours away in cromwell so uh you know t-dubs if you're listening we'd love to have you on well that's the only reason we don't have a guest today i invited him but he said no 
All right, so let's uh, let's talk uh, let's talk a little main golf architecture. Some pretty interesting facts that I uh, found on my deep dive. You know, Henry, what uh, which architect do you think has designed the most golf courses in Maine? I'm gonna say that whether he designed them by himself or not, I would say that Donald Ross had a finger on most of them. You know, that would have been a good guess. I mean, Ross is had some pretty notable ones like Portland. Uh, he did Biddeford Sacco for the nine holes, did Lake Keyser, Lucerne. It was actually Jeffrey Cornish who's designed the most golf courses. I mean, he's got Martindale, Bangor, Bethel, you know, Perpudic, Falmouth, you know, even going into Waterville. So, I mean, and also Samoset for the original design. So, you know, so unbelievable golf courses designed by Cornish. I mean, I could have kept listing off more and more, but if you've played golf in Maine, you've most likely played a Jeffrey Cornish design. And what's interesting is, you know, Cornish makes his golf courses pretty playable for everybody. You know, he's tries to allow them to play at a fast pace. I mean, none of those golf courses I named off are extremely difficult, but you know, they're fun golf courses and you can get around at a quick pace. So you talked about Donna Ross and there's been some debate as to who designed the original nine holes at Augusta country club. If you look at uh, the Ross society and you look it up, it says that Donald Ross designed Augusta country club. What was the original nine front? It was the, uh, the back nine was the, the back nine was the okay. original, original nine holes. But what's interesting is Donald Ross was designing Augusta Country Club in Georgia back in the day. And so the theory is they accidentally put Maine instead of Georgia as crediting Donald Ross to the design. You really now, took a deep dive, didn't you? Here's where it gets really, really deep. <laughs> so the original clubhouse actually three quarters of the clubhouse burnt down in 1925 and that's where the original blueprints are. So they can't actually figure out who designed it, but they've learned that there is a check made out for $114 to Arthur Lockwood for services to the golf course. And the reason why it wasn't for design work was Arthur Lockwood was a amateur. And back in the day, the status you couldn't get paid for designing golf courses. And so he pretty much wanted to keep his AM status. And so they basically gave it to him as just kind of a check for services to the golf course. So what, you know, you're probably thinking, okay, well, why is this, you know, crazy information? You know, something different, but Arthur Lockwood's really not known for many designs. It was pretty much Northeast Harbor, which was, he designed the original nine which is uh, holes one through six and 13, 14 and Augusta country club. That's pretty much the only thing I could find on Arthur Lockwood other than the fact that he won the inaugural mass amateur back in 1903. So you didn't know him personally. I didn't. I mean, it seems like I did for as much information as I know, but no, it's uh, he was a little before my time. Yeah. What are you going down to the Carabasset Valley library? during your spare time? You know, it's crazy what the internet can, uh, what you can pull up on the internet these days. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good courses in Maine and 
so many unique layouts and and obviously we we've talked about it with the courses that are set more on the ocean and then sort of have your inland courses and then up to the mountain courses so you get your variety and uh, certainly been a plethora of designers come through and have their um have their say on some main golf yeah i'm excited we get to talk to clive clark and talk about his design at belgrade i mean he's that was his first american design golf course and you know you you find out about some of these architects that have designed unbelievable golf courses that you really don't know much about um so i'm excited to talk to him about it yeah we'll have to ask him about nine and 18 with the double green you know i wonder if anyone anyone at home listening has ever made a putt from the top of 18 green the very left corner all the way down to the, the very right corner of nine green i wonder if they've ever like done a challenge where they put a pin down there that's a good question yeah that'd be fun to see but speaking of challenges we decided okay why don't we make a composite list of the, in our minds, the best holes in the state of Maine. So the restrictions being you can only pick two holes from any select course. And the hole you select, just like, if, okay, if my favorite hole, number one is one at Portland, that would be the number one hole on my course. So you're gonna have essentially, you could have nine courses at the minimum being represented if you chose two from each course. Hopefully that covers the rules for you. Uh, Zach, why don't you get started your first hole at your golf course? All right. So my first hole is Prout's number one. I love that opening hole right on the ocean. Kind of a no brainer, honestly. Yeah, it is a great hole. Uh, I'm going to go with Belgrade. Number one, hard to beat that view up there. Uh, Honorable mentions got to go to Portland. I think that's a, a really cool opening hole. I kind of like getting into the round. So having a, a nice wide open fairway and, you know, at Portland, it's interesting with it being reachable. Uh, Brunswick number one comes to mind. And then a few others I had were uh, Falmouth, Panabi, and then I had Krauts on there as well. I also wrote down York just for fun, a par three, 210 yards a road with OB down the left side to start your day. How about that? You ever played there? I haven't played there and I don't know if I want to start playing there. I mean, that doesn't <laughs> I'll, sound I'll like a fun start. Get, yeah. I'll call you when I get to the second tee. So yeah, I went with Belgrade for number one. And then for number two, I went with the par three second hole at Sabasco triple tier green. The green should probably be blown up, but as far as a golf hole and a view, you're hitting, I mean, right across the, the cove there of the ocean. It's just gorgeous. Uh, honorable mentions to Sugarloaf, number two, and Perpudic, number two. I like how you, uh, you have honorable mentions for every hole. <laughs> I, I was very cut and dry. Like, if you didn't make my cut, you were out. Uh, I went with uh, Rockland, number two. I love that, that tee shot, you know, elevated tee shot from the shoot tiny little green it's not a very long hole and there's really not much trouble but for some reason you can find some some crazy stuff there shoot the road is right behind the green you could i've seen golf balls laying on that back edge of that green and bounce into the road so a fun little hole i like that tee shot and the view from up top is pretty awesome 
So for my third hole, I'm going to Belgrade. I like that short par five. It's uh, it's reachable. And I mean, you got the rocks all the way down the right side. You got the pond on the left. You know, you can find some trouble pretty quick and make a high score, or you could start your round pretty quickly with a, with an Eagle opportunity, pretty easy birdie, honestly. Yeah. I, I actually had that on my, uh, on my side list as well. I didn't end up selecting it, but as a, as a really cool hole with all the boulders and everything. And I also have a uh, Highland green on there. got to give a shout out to Highland green, third hole, par five and Riverside number three, the par three down the hill. I think that's a actually a pretty nice little par three. Um, but I ended up going with Perpudic third hole at Perpudic with a big bunker in the middle of the fairway. Uh, kind of have to pick your line off the tee or lay back from it. And, tricky green up there and that hole always seems to be pretty windy like right in the face so I think it's a it's a nice little par four what's your uh, what's your strategy on that tee shot I think I've laid I think I've laid back the last couple times I played it um because it was into the wind if it was I think if it was downwind I almost wanted to say I tried to go over it I can't can't remember but then I, I think it that point it almost puts you a little too close to the green so i want to say i laid back last time i played there i like just blasting driver right at it if, <laughs> if, if it draws it draws if it fades it fades chances are i'm not gonna hit straight there you go uh so for my fourth hole i went this was i i think four was the hardest hole for me to select there's it seems like a lot of really good holes happen to fall in the fourth hole in the state of maine um, I ended up selecting Samoset just because of the views. I, to me, it's not the greatest hole, dog leg left, par five, but um, I think with it being on the ocean and everything about that, that hole is just, it's really pretty cool. I, but, you know, I had, to, I had to pass over the Woodlands, number four, Sunday River, number four, par three, straight down the mountain there. Hole in Spring number four, which is actually a pretty nice little downhill par four. Fourth hole at Brunswick, uh, great par three. And then I got to give a shout out to Mount Kenyo with the par three fourth hole that you're hitting into the cliff. So it seems like the fourth hole is a pretty popular uh, uh, a hole in the state of Maine for some reason. <laughs> yeah, you, you almost make me want to change my decision, but uh, I'm actually going with the same – same hole. I'm going to same 04. You know, you can, you can get aggressive, try and take it, you know, right near that bunker on the left. But if, I mean, if you go left, you're done. And if you keep it way right, you have a longer second in. I mean, like you said, it's not a very long hole, but it's a great birdie hole if you play it correctly, or you could put yourself in a lot of trouble really quick. So for my fifth hole, uh, I am going to Sunday River. I know the fourth is awesome, but I like the fifth. I think that's a really cool downhill par four. You got that big bunker on the left. You got the bunker in the middle of the fairway. You know, you hit the big, nice big draw from off that bunker. You got a, you know, little wedge into your hand, in your hands. I just like that view off the tee. I like the shot shape and that's why I'm going uh, Sunday river. Have you ever been in that fairway bunker in the middle of the fairway on five? No. Oh my God, it, you're screwed. 
I don't want to. I've seen I've seen it's Johnny so, in there. It's it's lifted, been I mean, it's been brutal. Yeah, it's that's a tough shot. Uh, so for my fifth hole, I am going to pick Cape Arundel. Short par four. You can lay up uh, right of the, I guess it would be a creek or a ditch. I can't really remember if there's a lot of water. I guess there's a pond on the, the far right side now that I think about it. Um, but it, it's also reachable, assuming the wind isn't like right in your face. So I just like the look of the hole. I think it's a really cool looking hole. Um, uh, honorable mention got has got to go to Fox Ridge the par three, uh, really narrow, wide, green. It's it's a great hole, but I I had to go to Cape Rundle for for par four reasons. <laughs> uh, and then for number six, I am going with Clinton. Uh, dog leg right par four with probably one of the prettiest tee boxes you'll ever see, at least in the state of Maine. Pastas down both sides and uh, just this really some crazy rock features and uh, and then you got a, a tree in the middle of the, the fairway that fronts the green so you have to hit over it or around it just a really uh, cool hole and uh, honorable mention I'll I'll go with Bath Woodlands Highland Green six par three downhill and six at Sunday River the par three with the bunkers in the front. So I am going Cape Arundel six, the little tiny par three. You know, it, it's only a, a wedge, a sand wedge at most, but that green is so sloped from back to front that if you can't control your spin, you can easily rip that thing yep. all the way back into the water. I mean, I you could throw it all the way to the back edge of that green and all of a sudden see that ball come back into the water. So I, I just like the short, whole concept and you think it's easy and all of a sudden you're walking away with a high number you're like how in the world did that just happen <laughs> now, i'm kind of kind of going rockland style here with three straight bar threes but i'm going the seventh at augusta for hole number seven it's a nice long massive par three with the uh with that deep bunker in the front if you're playing my course you go from cape rundle hitting a little sandwich to all of a sudden augusta <laughs> hitting three iron four iron and just hoping he can make par. I mean, there's that bunker way right of the green. And I've seen people end up there and they're like, I got a 40 yard bunker shot upcoming now. <laughs> so Augusta number, uh, number seven for mine. And just to give you guys some context at home. I, I mean, I don't know how many courses you've played in Maine, Zach. I, I tell you what, when I was looking at a list last night, I, I think I spent a couple hours like researching this and, it just, I couldn't believe how many courses I have yet to play in Maine. And, um, you know, I think the list is at like, I want to say there's over 150 courses from what I, from what I could find. Um, I might be wrong on that and I'm sure it changes year to year, but uh, hopefully we can find the exact number, but yeah, I, it's just so many courses and this, this is a hard list to come up with, but Anyway, so moving on, number seven, I am going to go with the par three seventh at Portland. Uh, you got the, I guess, river, uh, what's the makings of the ocean there on the right, and uh, great little par three down the hill, always windy, and just a beautiful hole. And um, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Waterville, number seven, lay up short of that part, uh, the pond there, par four, tricky green, really crazy green. And Rockland number seven, 
uh, I'll give a shout out to as well with a par five there. Moving on to number eight, I am going with Kibo Valley, uh, hitting right into Cadillac Mountain there and Acadia National Park. Uh, the tee shot, dogleg left, par four, green is probably needs to be blown up as well, but uh, crazy green there and uh, a great hole. I'll give a shout out to eight at the ledges. I had to, I had to pass over that one. That's a tough one to pass over. Eight at Martindale. I love that hole. Eight at Mare Creek. Got to give a shout out to the creek. A uh, little part three there. And eight at Booth Bay. I like that hole as well. Yeah, I, I, I was struggling with Kibo. I, I really like eight. You know, you got long to mid iron into that green. And it just, it seems like that green's always just funnels so much from front to back. But I'm actually going with the moose. I'm going moose meadows number eight. What I like about it is you're teeing off in a sandbox. You know, it's it's a little sand wedge again, but you're you're playing from a sand sandbox. You know, if you haven't played the moose the moose, it's uh it's a fun little par three course. You think that it's you know it's not a very long course, but it's tough. I mean, I always I kept thinking number nine too for moose meadows with the uh, the blind tee shot for a par three, but uh, I went with eight. Uh, so with my ninth hole, I went back to Sunday River. I like the options off the tee. You know, it's just a layup, but that green complex is diabolical. You really, if you that pin's on the right, it doesn't even seem like it's on the green. And, I mean, you can, the nice thing is you can actually use that slope to kind of funnel the shots in there. But unless you play there once or twice, you don't really know about that. And you're firing at this pin that you don't even know what's around there. So number nine, Sunday River, wrap up my front nine. Yeah, Sunday River's on. Uh, I have that in my honorable mention for nine. I uh, I ended up choosing Booth Bay, par five up the hill. Uh, kind of your second shot is it's tricky. You're almost on a, a downhill lie in that fairway and a firm fairway at that. And you know you got to hit this up the hill. And but uh, you know a beautiful approach shot with the cliffs in the background and. Um, you know, just a gorgeous hole, the, the pine trees and everything. I'll give a shout out to Clinton, number nine. I think that's a great little par four up the hill. Tell you what, Clinton has some great holes. It's definitely worth a visit if you haven't played there. Brunswick, number nine, is uh, I'm not a huge fan of the tee shot, but uh, definitely love that approach into the green there. And then shout out to Martindale, number nine, par three down the hill. I love that hole, 250 par three <laughs> from the top there. Uh, and then moving on to our back nine, uh, seems like I had a little easier time making choices on the back nine. Number 10, I'm going to go with Penobscot Valley, par five. I'm along the main road there. Uh, you know, you're up on the, the hill, beautiful uh, scenery there and a uh, great little par five. And then uh, honorable mention will go to Rockland and of course, Sugarloaf. How can you forget 10 at Sugarloaf? But I had to save my Sugarloaf picks for later. I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious as to the direction I'm going for these next two holes. Um, I, I might be biased, but at the same time, can you really beat 10 and 11 at Sugarloaf with those views? I, I love the fact that 10's a reachable par four that, you know, you, I've seen it played. You know, you can reach it with three wood, long iron, driver, but you got to be accurate with the tee shot. And 
you can, you know, the other option is just lay up with uh, six iron, seven iron, give yourself a full wedge into a tiny green that's sloped severely left to right. And I mean, you don't want to go long because you got Garabasset River. So, you know, 10, really no, no brainer about that. I'm sorry for every other golf course. I thought they have a good 10th hole. Uh, so 11th, again, I'm going, I'm going Sugarloaf 11, probably one of the more difficult par threes on the golf course in terms of just trying to figure out what club to hit, you know, what, which way the wind's going, you know, is it coming down, down with you? Is it coming across? I mean, I've played that hole, you know, from the tips, I've hit anything from pitching wedge all the way to three wood, depending on how the wind goes. And, you know, if you play from the normal whites, blues, you only got, you know, it's plays what 165 plays about 130, 135. So it's not like it's a long hole. It's just intimidating trying to hit to this little postage stamp well below your feet. Yeah. Uh, hard not to choose that hole. And I did the same thing. I'm going 11 at Sugarloaf. Gorgeous par three. Uh, I will give a shout out to 11 at Waterville. I like that little dog leg left par four. Uh, kind of a blind second shot, but uh, I like the look of the tee shot and how the they cut that fairway. It just looks cool. I don't know why. <laughs> and then I'm going to go uh, shout out to Sunday River, number 11, that par five. That's a, that's pretty cool, a long par five. And um, you get a nice backdrop there when you get up near the green. Moving on to the 12th hole, I am going to stick with Sugarloaf. So you went 10 and 11. I went 11 and 12. Uh, I think when I was up working for you there, I think I said 12th was my favorite hole or if not one of them at Sugarloaf. Uh, I love that par five. I think, you know, running along the river there and I just, and then if you lay up and then that wedge shot in, it's just, it's a really, you got the backdrop with a big low mountain. And I, I just love that hole. Which, uh, I will give, which set of tees do you like? Do you like the left side or the right side? I, I prefer the left side. I think the right side, if it was always on the right side, I wouldn't have it on my list. Let's put it that way. I think walking across that bridge up to that tee and, um, you know, seeing the golf ball on top of that rock that a name not to be mentioned put up there. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I love that hole. So I will give a shout out to Lakewood. Uh, their 12th hole is a par six. If you haven't played it, it's worth the trip. I like it. I I had Lakewood on there just because I wanted to add the par six, but I went with uh, Kibo. You know, so we go another short, drivable par four, where you know that green's pretty pretty protected with the bunker in the front. You know, the the pile of trees on the right side there seems to get my golf ball every time, and you got a green complex that really isn't great for hitting driver and landing it on there. So. You know, of course, the prudent play is lay up and have have a have a full wedge in. So my thirteenth hole, I'm going to Perpudic. For some reason, I feel like all the thirteenth holes are very underrated. You know, we talk about Sugarloaf, thirteen kind of gets misplaced, but and kind of similar with Perpudic, where not much to it. It's a slight dogleg right with how the trees have overgrown on the right side there, pond on the left. But for some reason, I just like that tee shot. I like that view, how it feels off the tee and just a wide open green kind of, you know, pretty playable, but not, 
you know, it's not a birdie hole. So, you know, one of those, just get your ball in play, hit it on the green and two putt. Yeah. So for, for my 13th, I went with Cape Arundel, par three, uh, water short and left. Always like that hole. It's usually pretty windy there. And I'll give a shout out to Old Marsh with the Cape hole. Uh, <laughs> some people love it. Some people hate it. So that's all I got to say on that one. And then uh, for the 14th hole, I, there's only one that came to mind for some reason for 14. I went with Prout Snack. I think, uh, you know, the tee shot is a little bit interesting looking with the fence and the road right in front of you and having to wait for cars or not wait for cars. And uh, But the approach shot is just awesome with the, um, you know, the ocean as the backdrop and you get up on that green and um, – I think I said in a previous podcast where the, the wind was blowing last time I played there, it was like 30 miles an hour and the, the flagstick was almost touching the green. So just a cool spot there out on uh, sort of a peninsula. Yeah, I had that on my honorable mentions, um, but I went with the par five at Samoset. Love that, you know, approach into that green with the ocean in the background. And depending on how the wind is, it could be reachable or it's kind of an awkward downhill third shot into a green that's, you know, slopes severely from front to back. So not really too much to the hole, but it just the view with the approach shot is, I think, the reason why it's on my list. So my 15th hole, another back-to-back par five set here, I'm going with uh, Natanis Arrowhead course. I like the, the tightness of that par five. You know, there's the bunker on the right side, the fairway. You know, you can carry over it. And then you got an option of whether to try and rip, you know, rip a three wood or a long iron onto that green and over the pond or lay back and give yourself a easy wedge. But I like the risk reward nature of that hole and it's tight. So you really have to be pretty accurate if you want to get a low score. Yeah, no, I, and I actually speaking par fives, I think I went a little par five heavy on the back nine here. My next three holes are par fives. Um, so for 15, I went with the Woodlands, uh, always been one of my favorite holes in the state, giant rock uh, on the right side. Um, I want to say it's like 150 yards out and um, just a nice long par five, two-tiered green, just cuts through the woods. I think it's just a beautiful hole. Uh, I will give an honorable mention to Portland 15. I like that hole. I know they've done some renovations there. I don't think I've played it since they did that, but uh, dog like right up the hill there is a good hole. And then Mirror Creek uh, 15, which is actually uh, the sixth hole because it's nine hole course, but I call it 15. And you tee off behind the roads. So you're hitting over the road and you're right near like all the air traffic lights and everything. It's It's pretty cool on the airport there. So Shout out to Muir Creek for their 15. And then uh, moving on to 16, I went with Belgrade, uh, another amazing par five um, up the hill. Tree is on the left side of the fairway, I believe, off your tee shot, kind of pinches in. Um, great hole. I'll give a shout out to Perpudic as well. Uh, our man, Mr. Arnold Palmer, the king, making three straight eagles when he came up to play in an event there at Perpudic with a plaque now uh down on that course uh, on that hole um to commemorate him 
Yeah, there, there's a couple good ones on 16, but I'm uh, I'm going with the route of risk reward on this back nine, and I'm going with Prout's neck number 16, the short dog leg left bar four. I mean, yeah, that's it, a good one. It's a 250 yard carry to the front edge of the green, um, but you have to hit this big high slinging, almost hook if you want to get it onto that green. You know, it's not a bad spot to be in those little bunkers surrounding the green gives you a pretty easy up and down or you can just hit an iron out there and give yourself a much better angle so i like the risk reward nature of 16 i like teeing it up high just trying to rip that big high draw in there and hope it works uh 17 i am going with webb hannett the par five i like that second shot you know you gotta gotta keep it down the right hand side if you want a angle the out of bounds kind of comes in pretty quick on the left there. And then it's a, it's a cool little approach where you're trying to get it up over that pond with a, from what I remember is a pretty undulating green and great way to kind of finish out that golf course. Yeah. And I, I you know, I was just thinking, I've, I've never played Webb Hannon. I hopefully can play it this, this year. Um, and I never played Sable Oaks. Um, just never got down there. I don't know why, but. Fortunately, it looks like I'll never be able to play that course. Uh, anyways, back to full selection. I For 17, got to go with Bath. Come on. That's my home course since I was a kid. Love that hole. Dogleg right up the hill. Great par five. Blast driver away. Try to just uh, keep it down the right center and not go out of bounds right or hazard left. And then uh, up the hill to a, you know, somewhat tricky two-tier green and uh, I just love that hole I think it's a great hole uh, I will give a shout out to Falmouth 17 I think that's an awesome par five up the hill Fox Ridge 17 another great par five um, Booth Bay 17 nice little par three down the hill and 17 at Kibo can't leave that one out as an honorable mention and then working my way to the finishing hole, number 18. Got to go with Sunday River. Dog leg left down the hill, looking at the clubhouse, uh, you know, looking over at Moosic Notch and Goose Eye Mountain and Old Spec. I mean, just uh, love hiking out there, too. So, I mean, just that hole in general is just awesome. And uh, But I will give a shout-out to Falmouth, 18. Great little dog leg right par four. Uh, 18 at Dune Grass, I think that's kind of a fun hole. And then 18, the Lynx at Outlook. I haven't played it since I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, but I still remember it because you're hitting up into the barn, and I just think it's a cool view. Yeah, I had Sunday River on there as my honorable mention. Um, but then again, I kept thinking that I was one hole closer to seeing Jerry Roman, and I'd rather pass <laughs> on that. <laughs> But I am going with Belgrade as my finishing hole. Ooh, you know, we talked about, about that one. We talked about the combined green. Um, I love the fact that you know it's a tricky little tee shot where you're kind of it's almost kind of a blind tee shot. You got to keep it left of the big tall tree on the right side. You know, if you go right of that, you're down in the the rock quarry, and you got no chance. So it's you know keep it left of the big tree. You got a downhill approach to what is probably one of the cooler greens in Maine with the, you know, and then you also got the clubhouse in the background. So 
I'm going going Belgrade 18. So that wraps up our 18 holes. Nice. What was for, your par? For my par, I had a going out in 35, coming in in 38, par 73. Nice. Yeah, mine was – I don't even know if this is legal, but I was 36, 39 for 75. Yeah, so think- all you pace of play people, you guys can just stay home because, uh, you know, you come up here to my course for a good time. This isn't going to be some four-hour run-around golf course. So, Yeah, and you got a par six in there too, so you're really throwing out Oh, everything. that was an honorable mention actually. So oh. I just have – I have five par fives on my back nine. <laughs> five par fives. I, we'd have to add up the, uh, the total yardage on that and I, see what yeah, it is. You might want to take a cart at my course. So for those following along, we will post these on Instagram and Facebook and all of our social medias. So you didn't have to write down Henry's actual choices versus his honorable mentions. <laughs> um, but uh, we want to hear what you guys think. You know, we It took us a while, but we think that you guys can come up with a couple other options. And uh, let's, let's see them. Let's see what you guys come up with with your composite 18-hole golf course, the best in Maine. Yeah, you know what I found really cool about doing this, Zach, was like looking back at uh, just trying to remember the holes, let alone like the shots I hit. And and just it was really cool thinking about, you know, the certain shots I played and how I would play it now and and thinking about uh, better times and what we're in now. So for all you at home, stay healthy, stay active, and stay sane. Uh, this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk. Mm-hmm.